0: It's a joy to uh, be here this morning. Uh, even as I begin speaking, you will notice that uh, I do have a southern accent, uh, but it's uh, it's from the south of India, so you may have to pay a little attention. Uh, we live in uh, Delhi, as mentioned. Delhi is 25 million people. Uh, it has the second uh, largest city in the world after Tokyo, which has 30 million people. Uh, the last few. Uh, Uh, weeks and months, and especially the last one year, has been extremely difficult for us Uh, because of the pandemic. uh, We've not been able to gather as a church, so just to uh, be here and to see all of you uh, is a wonderful experience for us. Uh, We've uh, had to deal with many of our people who've lost their loved ones. Uh, 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 Most of our congregation is uh, our young professional, uh, but uh, they have parents or their siblings, and we've always had to hear news every day, and we felt very helpless uh, because we had different uh, stages of lockdown through the last one year. Uh, So it's been a very uh, difficult experience to know of people who've lost their father or lost their mother, uh, who've become fatherless and motherless during this time, who've lost their loved ones. Uh, So it's a tough time for the church and all of of people in India, Uh, but even during this uh, difficult time... Uh, We've seen God do some amazing things, and it was not something we've planned, but even through the lockdown last year, uh, we were able to send out some of our people to another city uh, who were able to plant, and we were able to plant another church in another city, uh, which is an exciting thing for us. Uh, Our church is three years old. We just finished our third anniversary uh, this March, and part of the plan when we started was to uh, plant another church Uh, in the third year, and in a miraculous way, even through the lockdown, God helped us do that, and so we are excited about that. Uh, Even through the pandemic, uh, we have a seminary for professionals in Delhi, uh, and uh, the registration for the classes and enrollment for the seminary increased because of the lockdown, because people were home, they're able to uh, uh, take the classes online, Uh, so we've seen more people Uh, being equipped uh, through the seminary as well. And uh, New Life Church has been a big part of our church plant, uh, has been a big part of our seminary. And even through uh, to help us kind of handle the COVID crisis, uh, you have been generous uh, and uh, you've been extremely kind to us. And we've enjoyed your hospitality. we reached last uh, evening uh, and uh, Job and Marissa were able to take us out and we've enjoyed your hospitality and kindness. So very happy uh, to be here. Uh, as mentioned, we are going to continue in the book of uh, James. Uh, book uh, The book is a very practical uh, portrait of a life of faith. Uh, and as I even think about my uh, journey as a follower of Christ, uh, I, I grew up in a, a Christian home, but I never went to church, uh, no, never went to Sunday school. Uh, but it was the first time when I came to Auburn uh, that I actually attended a church, that I actually was part of a healthy church. Uh, and uh, every time I come back to the U.S., uh, I have uh, fond memories of my time at Auburn, right and uh, one of the things that uh, first it struck me when I, when I came uh, for the first time was I definitely had a culture shock. Uh, it was very confusing of all places alabama right so i 'm from this city in Chennai, moving to the u s for the first time i 've never traveled outside my home, uh, so it was it was a big shock and one of the uh, one of the uh, nuances of the culture is we we uh, uh, for the first day I would walk to my class, uh, I would see students walking by and they would wish each other, right? In India, we don't wish strangers, we don't make eye contact with strangers, we don't say hello to strangers, uh, but in the campus, people were very friendly. They would look at us and they, they would use this phrase, which I've never heard in my life, they would say, what's up, right? <laughs> Uh, and uh, everybody walking past, they would say the same phrase, and I, I didn't know what to say, right? I'm like, what, what are you supposed to say here, right? Uh, so I came back from class, uh, me and my friend, uh, we decided we need to solve this mystery uh, of uh, what do you respond, right? So the next day when I was on my way to class, we decided we will be the first to say what's up right? So when we walked, everybody who came, we would say, what's up first? And then there lies, we unlocked the mystery of the response of this wonderful greeting, uh, which is what's up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it was in small ways that we kind of, we, we were able to learn so many things, but uh, we've had a tremendous uh, journey through our learning in the United States. And one of the things that uh, st- stands out is how God completely transformed my life, those two years uh, as a graduate student at Auburn, uh, I would I would love going to church. And God was uh, God was through even students who would leave the United States and go to uh, different parts of the world to serve, uh, uh, maybe for a year, for two years, for five years. I've never seen something like that. Even through those lives. Uh, God really changed my life. And God gave me a desire to go back to India uh, to serve him. And that's how my journey uh, began. And and, uh, and, uh, Auburn played a big role in that. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, This morning in in the book of James, we are in chapter 1, uh, verses 18 to 27. And uh, like I said, the the book is very practical. And James is going to talk to us about how true faith uh, is demonstrated by how we live. Uh, True true faith is demonstrated in a visible, tangible way. It it results in life change, right? And uh, we uh, we saw in chapter one, hopefully you've seen it last week, that how God works even through trial and suffering. Uh, And this morning, uh, we're gonna talk about how the word of God gives us life. There is life through the word of God. And I'm gonna place three things before you. One is uh, we're gonna look at the power of the word of God, Uh, We're going to see our problem with the word of God. And lastly, uh, we're going to see our posture uh, with the word of God. So firstly, let's begin with uh, uh, the power of the word of God. Verse 18, James chapter one, verse 18. It says of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature, right? We see how uh, the word of God brings life to us life to our spirit and our soul. Uh, 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 scripture says in Ephesians 2.1 uh, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Uh, we are uh, spiritually alienated from God. Uh, we are rebellious because of our sinful nature. Anyone who is physically alive is spiritually dead apart from Christ. Uh, we, we are not basically good. Uh, we are basically dead apart from Christ. And we are dead in our sin, unable to save ourselves. Uh, Once dead, you cannot uh, become undead by yourself. We don't have the power to revive ourselves. Uh, We are not sick in sin, but we are dead in sin, Scripture says. Unless, unless God, by his own will, brought us forth by the word of truth, unless God does that, then we are given a new life. We have a new birth. We become a new creation because of his will by his grace. Ephesians 1.4 says he chose us in him before the foundations of this world. It is by his will, before the foundation of of the world. John 15.16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. 1 John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. It is by his will and by his grace. And the, and the power of God is unleashed in our lives. We experience its power when we receive the word with meekness. Right? Verse 21 uh, in the first chapter of James, it says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. He, he is talking about uh, uh, receiving it daily. This is not a one-time kind of an experience. We, we receive uh, his word daily. This is what Jesus talked about in the gospels when he says, repent and believe the gospel. And this is James' way of saying, repent and believe the gospel. He says, repent, which is put away all filthiness and wickedness. And believe the gospel, which is receive with meekness the word of God. The word of God has power. Never underestimate the power of the Word of God. Paul says in Romans 1:16, "I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, for salvation to everyone who believes. The, the word of God is like oxygen for our souls. It breeds life. It not only makes us alive, but it helps us grow spiritually. So we see the power of God's word. But not only the power, uh, we, we also see our problem with the word of God. Our problem with the word of God. Verse 19. Verse 19. Because of our sin nature. Look at verse 19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God right? Quick to hear. When it comes to the word of God, scripture says we need to be quick to hear. We need to be a good listener. Uh, we, We need to be eager when it comes to God's word. We need to be enthusiastic when it comes to God's word. We should be willing to obey the word of God. Listening is not just hearing, it is not just passive, but it is active, it's a posture of humility. We esteem the word of God. We come under the authority of the word of God. And he says you are quick to hear, not only quick to hear, scripture says we need to be slow to speak. Slow to speak before jumping to conclusions. Uh, Before pronouncing judgment, we need to learn to discern God's word and his will. Before we make up our mind, before we let culture disciple us, we need to let the word of God disciple us. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Slow to anger. It's talking about an idea of resentment towards the word of God. Whenever our ideas, uh, whenever uh, our culture or our preferences, our plans and our de- desires, when scripture confronts any of that, we immediately resent the word of God. Right? We don't want to obey the word of God. And, 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 and scripture says you need to be slow to anger, slow to judge, s- slow to, uh, to reject the word of God. But, but this is our problem. The problem that we have with the word of God is that we are not quick to hear, we are slow to hear. Right, we we've been uh, Deepa and I. We've been married for 16 years. Uh, we just celebrated our anniversary a couple of days back. And uh, one of the things that we uh, we uh, we talk about marriage and we do all that stuff. So one of the things that uh, common complain and it's I think it's all over the world and especially in India is that men don't listen. I do I I I listen to her. I'm in the same room. She gives me instructions to do something, uh, but her complaint is that it never registers in my head. Right, so that's why. We've uh, devised a mechanism where I say, you message me, right? You message and tell me exactly what I need to buy from a store or whatever it is. Because even when we hear, we don't hear. We see this with our daughter. She's 13 years old, uh, wonderful uh, teenage development ages. And uh, we talk to her, give her instruction. She nods her head, but never follows through, right? We see this. We know this. We know this. This is our problem, we are slow to hear the word of God, slow to accept the word of God. Uh, We are not slow to speak, we are quick to speak. We are quick to judge. Uh, We are not slow to anger uh, and resentment. When it comes to anger, we are quick to react we end up making unwise decisions. We end up speaking words that cause destruction. We end up judging and attacking and defending ourselves. We end up unable to forgive others. And, and James says, this kind of a life leads to self-deception. He's making an important point. Look at verse 22, right? This problem that is in us uh, leads to self-deception. Verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word, not and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Well, one of the things that we tell tourists when they come to uh, when they come to India, uh, and this, this is a true story. This happened. One of the one of our friends uh, uh, visited uh, uh, India from England. And he had come, and he was, uh, and I was walking with him. I had taken him to a part of the Delhi which is very historic. Uh, Delhi has a history of more than 1,500 years, uh, and uh, we were looking at a few places. And I told him, uh, and he went to a uh, ATM machine, right, to draw some cash. Uh, and usually, if you if you uh, are not looking like me in India, you need to be careful, right? So when he uh, drew some cash, uh, I I told I told my friend. I said, uh, you need to be careful with the money, right? Because people might, uh, they might pick your pocket, right? They immediately know, right? So he told me, right? This is a, he's a, He was a pastor from England. So he told me, Ranjit, I, I've traveled uh, the world. I've, I've been to Israel. I've been to all these places. Uh, I know, I know, I understand what you're saying. That's why he said he's got like, a lot of pockets. <laughs> He's got a pant with five pockets and shirt with all these pockets. And he said, uh, this is how I kind of manage uh, not being picked, right? Uh, my pocket. So he put his money somewhere uh, and then we took the metro, we went to the place and there he was looking for the money, it was gone. It <laughs> <He> was gone. <laughs> I'm like, I said, man, you, <laughs> you, you have to hide your money in India. Don't, don't put it in a pocket, right? When, when, you, when you trust Right? Have you been in a position where you trust and you've taken steps and, and you, you are deceived? People let you down? People, people fool you, take you for a ride? It's very hurtful, it's very hurtful. And James says, James says, my friends, when you hear the word and when you don't do the word, you are deceiving yourself. It's gonna it's hurt your life, right? Uh, We need to understand, though we have no part in our justification, it is by the grace of God through faith in what Jesus has done, but we have a role, a part to play in our sanctification. And it has to do with how we receive and respond to the word of God. The word of God makes us alive and that's wonderful, but it also helps us grow and we need to engage. We need to respond and receive the word. One of the things that's happening in India uh, recently is this, uh, is this new uh, uh, push to be fit, right? And, and there's a lot of gyms opening, uh, CrossFit and all these things uh, that opens, uh, and everybody signs up for these things just to kind of be in the in crowd, to know that, okay, we are working towards some kind of fitness, right? And one of the first things that people do uh, is to get a membership in a gym, Right? Uh, And and a lot of my friends did that, I I did that too, and we would get a membership in a gym, but uh, we realized having a membership in a gym does not really help you (laughs) if you're not planning to go to the gym, right? Uh, Having a house close to the gym, right, is not going to help you if you don't show up at the gym. Uh, in India, one of the things that happens is if you go to a gym, it's it's like a cafe there, right? I mean, it's, it's a very, oh, it's very entertaining. You go there, they give you a free newspaper, they give you a free coffee, there's a smoothie bar. So you go there, you sit in the couch and you lounge. You can even go every day to the gym and really not affect your life. <laughs> right? Unless you engage with the equipment. Right? My friend, this is, This is our problem. And James is bringing this out. He's helping us understand. You might be hearing the word of God. You might know the word of God. But if you're not a doer of the word, it can can deceive us. We can be self-deceived. Look at verse 23. He says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. The word of God can be like a mirror. And sometimes we can be self-deceived if we don't realize who we are. Our sinfulness in front of the word. If we don't realize that we need the gospel, we can deceive ourselves. It is just like the gym. If you've been to, if you've been to the gym, the gym has a lot of mirrors. Right? And you know that the mirrors are there to deceive you. Right, Every time you look at the mirrors, uh, I've, I, I look great in the gym <laughs> until I reach home and I look at myself in front of the mirror. I look, my friends look at me and I tell them I go to the gym. Nobody believes that. They're like, man, you're, you don't look like you're going to the gym. Right, You can look at the mirror and you can still be deceived. Right? So there is power with the word. we have a problem with the word. We have a problem because of our sinfulness. Right? Look at the posture. Let's look at the posture. How do we approach the word of God? The posture toward the word so that the word of God gives life. What should be our posture? Verse 25. Verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And what a beautiful word. What a beautiful word. Uh, one of the common uh, criticism uh, that the world has about the church is that the church is full of hypocrites. Right? And there is some truth, right? Maybe a lot of truth. One of the things that uh, in India we keep hearing uh, is, uh, is a quote uh, from Gandhi. Gandhi is the father of our nation. Uh, and he made this famous quote. He said, I, I like Christ, but I don't like your Christians because your Christians are unlike Christ, right? There is truth to it. Today, today, we don't need culture to critique us. We have God's word to correct us. When we are humble, when we come to his, God's word has a mechanism to correct us. And this is what he says, James says, uh, it is not enough to just know the word. It is not enough to just hear the word. It is not enough to just let the word be in your head. It needs to move to your heart. It needs to change you. Uh, The word of God is not just some theology. It is not some abstract. It needs to result in a transformed life. And today we are living in a culture and it's all over the world. We are living in a culture that is angry. People are angry always. Uh, People are unable to control their tongue. People are unable to control their temper. What about you? We who claim to follow Christ, what about you? When our tongue and our anger takes the best of us, we deceive ourselves. Our religion is worthless. And he's talking about how, if you think about anger, anger is something that affects the whole body. Right? We speak, it affects the tongue, it, speak, it affects our speech. It affects our mind when you're angry, when somebody does something to you, when, when they say something, when they've hurt you, when you face injustice, it affects your mind because in your mind it becomes like a, like a kangaroo court. I don't know if you heard this term, it's a, you, the mind is a judicial place when you're angry and you accuse the other person, you're defending your action, but you're accusing the other person and in your mind you are always right, the other person is always wrong and it affects the way you think and look at people. It affects your heart and your emotions. When you're angry, you cannot shake it off. It affects your whole body, and that's why uh, we say you are hot under the collar, right? I mean, it affects your body. You become tense and stiff. Your heart races. It affects your body. It affects your actions, your speech, and how you do things. And James says, just like how anger affects your whole body, the word of God needs to affect your whole body, your whole being. Right, in verse 23 and 25, he says, look intently into the word. Meaning, it needs to affect your mind. It needs to renew your mind and change your mind. Look intently. We, we need to be deliberate when it comes to word of God. We need to be thoughtful. Uh, we need to be intentional with the word of God. It needs to affect your mind. Uh, it needs to affect your heart. He says in verse 21, receive it with meekness or with humility. That you're teachable when it comes to God's word. Oh, you are submissive when it comes to God's word. It affects your posture, it affects your heart. It affects your actions. In verse 27, he says, this is true religion. You visit orphans and widows. And not just that, you keep yourself unstained from the world. The word of God uh, results in inner purity and affects your external practice. It's not one or the other. It affects your actions, it affects your actions. So we receive the word with meekness. We, we come and we enjoy the gospel Oh, because we know we forget the gospel. Like we look at the mirror and we forget, we forget the gospel every moment. We, we need to be reminded of the truth of the gospel in our lives. How do you do this? You, you come and you enjoy. It's like when you're, when you're, uh, when you're cold right? And in in India, uh, maybe even here, but in India, uh, when when it's the winter season, uh, uh, the people who work in the nights, usually the security guards or uh, people who work in the nights, they usually set up a small fire on the road, and and people kind of gather around the fire to warm themselves, right? Let's imagine you're cold in that scenario. You're you're cold, uh, and you want to warm yourself. How long do you warm yourself? Till you become warm. And I wanted to think of that image, and I was thinking about that How long do you come and enjoy the word till your heart senses the love of Christ? How long are you supposed to read the word? How long are you supposed to pray? Till your heart enjoys Jesus. Till your heart is warm. Till your heart melts because of the gospel. That is what the word of God is supposed to do. You sing the word. You let the word of God preach to you. You come in smaller groups and hear each other share about how the word is changing them. You read the word. You meditate on the word. You memorize the word. This is God power. This should be our posture towards the word of God. It results in a blessed life, it says. It results in a fruitful life. It has the power to make you kind and generous and loving and hospitable. So we see the power that the word of God has. We see our problem with the word of God. Uh, we, we also see how scripture talks about our posture needs to be before the word of God. How do we live this? Is this something that we say, uh, yes, Ranjit, uh, from tomorrow, I will try my best uh, to, to live according to the word of God. Is this, can we say from tomorrow, I will be quick to listen. Uh, from tomorrow, I will be uh, uh, slow to anger. It, it, does the power reside in us? Is it because I decide to obey the word of God? No, my friends. The power is in the gospel. The power, it's not in us. The power is in the gospel. And again, I want you to think about this. Scripture says we need to look intently into the word of God. Can you imagine, if you're honest with yourself, if you look intently into the word of God, how can anyone not be condemned? If you look honestly at the word of God, you're gonna feel condemned. You're gonna feel and understand how we fall short of the glory of God. We fall short, we sin. Because every time I look at this passage, I know I am quick to judge. I'm quick to speak. I'm slow to listen. I'm slow to obey. We know when we stand before scripture, the mirror of God's word, it condemns us. How can we not be condemned? Unless... Unless you look at scripture through the lens of what Jesus has done for you. My friend, that is where the power resides. We are not following a moralistic religion. This is not about do this and don't do this. No, my friends, the power is in the gospel of Jesus. Jesus is the only one who could look intently at the word of God and live it perfectly. Scripture says in Romans 5 19, by his obedience we were made righteous. Philippians 2 8 says, he obeyed even to the point of death. Even when he was tempted and tried, he obeyed perfectly. Why? Because he was our substitute. Where we fail, Jesus obeyed perfectly. But he who obeyed perfectly, he should have been blessed. But you know what? He was condemned. He was condemned. He should have been honored, but he was abandoned on the cross. You know why? Because he died in our place. He died for my sin. He died for your sin. He was the substitute on the cross. My friends, that is what needs to be at the center of what we understand. When we see and come to the world through Jesus, when we see what our Savior has done for us on the cross, the more more, we delight in him. The extent to which this good news, the word of God can condemn us, but the gospel is good news for us. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. Or the extent to which we cherish what Jesus has done for us. The extent to which we understand how we don't deserve this. Oh, but he has done it out of his grace. Oh, the extent to which it moves our heart. The extent to which we delight in him The extent to which the word and the gospel melts our heart is the extent to which we can be quick to hear. We can be slow to speak and slow to anger. My friend, the power is in the word of God. So this morning, I I wanna challenge you. I know we live in a cultural moment all over the world. But in this moment, the gospel has the power to keep us alive. The gospel has the power to help us be His witnesses in this world. Let's pray. As you bow your head, would you come before God and say, Father, we thank you for your Son Jesus. Would you, would you delight in Him? Oh, what a Savior! Oh, what a Savior! Jesus, we thank you for what you have done on the cross, for people who don't deserve it. Thank you because we could come before your word and not be condemned. Because there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is where we stand. Jesus, we thank you. We worship you. We delight in you. We delight in the gospel of grace. I pray for my friends. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I pray for the, for the church here in Asheville. Oh, may this be like a, truly like a city on a hill. May people who come here in submission to the word of God live out as, as people of love in this world, people of reconciliation, as your ambassadors, Lord, as your fragrance in this world. I pray for people who are hurting this morning. I pray for people uh, who, who are broken, people who are sick. Oh, may your word give them power. May the gospel make them whole. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.